Alright, welcome back, everybody. Yeah, we're here. We're back. Um, tonight's topic is critical race theory. Uh, Hudson, you take this one, please. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Hey, we, we, got, we got criticism that, that Hudson doesn't talk enough, so now he's going to talk. Yeah, it's yes, true. Now he's heading up his own section, so go. Yeah. So, basically, um, critical race theory is the idea that um, racism is, like, the ordinary state of affairs and that it's in everything. So, that's, like, a very simplistic definition. Um, But, basically, it holds that racism is the ordinary state of affairs in society... And um, that's pretty much, like, the universal belief of every critical race theorist who's ever existed. Um, and so the goal of critical race theory is to really, like, expose that racism. And according to them, oftentimes the racism is very subtle and under the surface, and it's in the things that you don't think about, so it's unconscious most of the time. And the goal, they call it the the lifelong process of exposing racism, pretty much like in practice that looks like they'll point it out literally anywhere, even in situations that are not like clearly not racist at all and so you end up with a big mess when it's all said and done um what's and there's more so but that's like the big thing so is it like a a, a unilateral um like that's the only thing they view the the lens through they don't take so they don't take other factors into account no they don't that that's literally like and and they make everything they make it seem so complicated but um it's really it's one of those things that's like very broad and very large but it's about as deep as a puddle when you get into it and yeah like i don't know it's not very deep at all it's kind of it's a very simplistic way of viewing the world um yeah. And so there's a few there's a few different ideas within it. I'm going to um so I'm going to read a couple of things here. And this is from there was a book, it was like a primer to critical race theory written by a couple critical race theorists a bit ago. I don't remember the exact book, but I'm reading from New Discourses. And so and I'll, I'll provide links to this source in the description, too. But, so, critical race theory proceeds upon a number of dubious assumptions and, of, and by means of a variety of questionable methods, including, uh, one, racism is ordinary. So, critical race theory basically says that racism is the ordinary state of affairs in society. Therefore, the question is not so (coughs) this is a quote from robin d'angelo who wrote uh white fragility which is another mess of a book (laughs) but yeah um 
this, so the question is not, did racism take place, but how did racism manifest in this situation? And so racism all of a sudden becomes relevant to every interaction you can possibly think of. Basically, anything that they can write racism into, they will. That's, that's kind of what it looks like in practice. Um, and so, yeah, and, and then kind of jumping off of that, racism is, not only is it everywhere, but it's hidden just below the surface. So it's not, like, it doesn't look like blatant racism, according to them. It's, you know, you gotta, you gotta do a bit of digging, but it, it's there. You just have to find it. Would it would it be um, ad- uh, safe to say that uh, they believe that any uh, discrepancy between uh, yes. Um, yes. demographic groups <coughs> is based on racism? So er- so everything, um, whether it be uh, rates of obesity, um, to uh, um, hereditary diseases. No, not really. However, um, if you can think of a critical theory for something, there probably is one. So, like, there's, there's, there's fat studies, which is <laughs> literally, it's a critical theory of, <coughs> um, of fat studies. So, like, so basically, jumping back a little bit, um, critical theory, and I don't remember dates or, like, big names of people because I don't have it in front of me. But basically, it came out of the Frankfurt School. And maybe, maybe Jake, you said you have some stuff, so you can speak to this a little bit, too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I have a... I, but yeah, so I have this, basic, and you can kind of... Yeah, go for it. ...and inject this in. Yeah. Uh, it's, it was a letter... Do you want me to do it now? All right, so basically, it was a letter from <coughs> Marx to one of his associates which was his last name is R-U-G-E, but I am uh, I'm not French or German, so I don't know how to pronounce it. So for any of those who are interested, it was written in 1843, and it had to do with communism. So I'm not going to read the entire letter because it would take forever, but uh, just a few things that I have underlined here. Um, just prior to this quote, he uh, takes a slight at religion, Um, and then says now philosophy has become worldly and the most uh, incontrovertible evidence is that the philosophical consciousness has been drawn not only externally but also internally into the stress battle Um, and then basically he's talking about philosophy becoming worldly And then to sum up what he says here after a few sentences, I am speaking of the ruthless criticism of everything that exists. Ruthless in two senses. The criticism must not be afraid of its own conclusions, nor nor of conflict with the powers that be. Um, And so critical theory comes out of the Frankfurt School and Marxism, Marxist theory, and so then a, f- a little bit f- further on in the letter, he says, uh, 
this cause uh, this communism is only a special manifestation of humanistic principles which is still infected by the opposite uh, private being uh, elimination of private property is therefore by no means identical with this communism and is not identical but in quite inevitable that communism has been seen other uh, communism has seen other socialist teachings arise in opposition to it that it being uh, private property such as the teachings of a few different people uh, because it itself uh, only a special one-sided realization of the socialist principle he then ends his letter this is quite a ways after a bunch of drivel um, it is the, it is a matter of confession no more to have the sins forgiven uh, to have its to have its sins forgiven mankind has only to declare them to be what they really are and that is does, I mean does that sound familiar um, on what they think the solution to racism is Basically, that's basically you the, have to the, confess that the, you're a racist. The way the logic the works way out it, when you actually and that's just take the time stupid. to think about what they're saying is there really is no solution except for a lifelong, um, a lifelong commitment to anti-racism, which, according to people like Ibram X. Kende, is itself racist because there's another point in this article um, called interest, interest Convergence, which basically says that dominant racial groups, that is, white people, um, won't help oppressed racial groups, so blacks in particular, unless it is also in their self-interest. So it, it's assumed that if you take up, quote-unquote, anti-racism, that you are doing that to get the heat off you or to virtue signal. In other words, you're doing it for your own self-interest, which is, again, <laughs> racist. So there really is no way out of it. It's kind of like a giant circle that keeps going, never-ending. Um, and so critical yeah. theory, the, the idea was that um, so it came out of kind of, it's kind of a combination of like of postmodernism and um, yeah so you blend postmodernism and critical theory you get the woke ideology and so basically you get into postmodernism where there, where truth is all relative and then you combine that with critical theory and what you end up having is this idea that not only can you not know absolute truth um, the very act of like trying to figure out what truth is is an application of power and thus oppressive because you know, the, the thought was that there were this group of powerful people who 
were the determining factors of various truths. And so anything that is taken as true is an application of power. So what you've got is a group of people who see racism and everything and don't believe in absolute truth, and you end up with a nightmare. And that's kind of where we are. Um, and and this is this again. This is why. Yeah. Um, you know, you have people saying that looking for evidence in a court case or looking for evidence like, wait, 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 maybe there's other factors here. Like, that's an application of power and therefore racist because of their worldview. Um, yeah. Yeah, it right. doesn't and matter what is true. Is it only matters what's subjective. not harmful. Um, it's... And... Not only is it subjective, yeah. Yeah. it can only be determined by the so-called oppressed groups as they've defined them. So, again, if you have a white person saying, you know, this is harmful, that doesn't really mean anything because you're part of the dominant power group, right? And so it's, it's, it's only the voices of a specific group of people that actually have any say. And if a member of that group speaks out against critical race theory, they are, um, <laughs> quote, they're, they're basically contributing to a culture of whiteness. That's literally the terminology they use. And so they're, they're, they might be black, but they're behaving in a, quote, like, white sort of way therefore they're part of like their their opinion is not valid either um so it, it again it's a nightmare but this is where we are yeah and uh i think the the elements of it is it's not m so much that um why people are mad because it's being being taught explicitly like in these terms in school it's that the idea oh, yeah. is a fundamental it's yeah. a it's a religious idea at at its core so the problem is that it's because all religious ideas influence how we view truth um that if things are taught through this lens then it ends up being corrupted and that's why people are against it being taught to our children not my children but uh, the children of our country uh, because it's just not true um, I found where I was looking and I didn't find it earlier when I read this and glanced over it um, this you could if somebody wrote this today you would uh, you wouldn't be surprised it says uh, that however uh, it's just the advantage of, however, that is just the advantage of the new trend that we would not attempt to dogmatically pre-configure the future, but we would try to find a new world only through the criticism of old. Up to now, the philosophers had the solution that all riddles lying in their lectern and the stupid uninitiated world had only to open its jaws and let the roast partridges of absolute science fly into its mouth. 
Um, so because Marx was uh, had knowledge without the benefit of intellect, um, <laughs> he decided that he wanted to throw um, the Bible and truth under the bus because the only truth could be found through criticism. And so that means that the only truth about racism can be found with criti through criticism. That's the blending of critical race theory and, race. Ra and <laughs> critical yeah. theory and uh, racism and race is that the only truth about race can be found through criticism. And the problem with criticizing everything is you end up cr criticizing everything. There's nothing, there's nothing that you can say, Oh, maybe there's something else that we need to look at this. So if you look at it, it, it it's per particularly pervasive when you only look at something through one particular lens, um, like race. If you only look at the history through race, you're going to miss the rest of history. You know, the same thing with looking at through all of history on the basis of sex or, uh, you know, and, and, and then you just, you don't take into account the rest of the struggles of life. Um, and I think, I mean, perhaps I, I think that, um, I, I, I don't necessarily disagree that racism is perhaps a natural outcropping of a, of like, uh, a natural human condition because it's just another sin. Um, but I do not believe that it's the only sin, and I also do not believe that it has to be interwoven in every single right uh, discrepancy and it's not between not races. even just discrepancies too. It's like and minute, like like everyday mundane situations. Um, so, like one of the examples that James Lindsay uses is you know you could imagine that you're uh, a tailor in a in a clothes shop, right? And you have two people who come in at the same time, and they they don't come in in a way that makes you think that they're together, but they're still they're in there at the same time. And unfortunately for you, one of them is white and one of them is black, and you have to make the decision on who you help first. And so, if you help the white person first, well. Of course you're racist because you think that white people are first-class citizens, therefore they get first dibs and the black people have to wait. But on the flip side, if you help the black person first, y it, it's basically because you assume that they're going to steal something and they can't be trusted to be alone in the store for five minutes, you know, and so you want them out. And so... I mean, that's just one example of many of how they, they read racism into literally every situation, whether or not it's actually racist in any way. Yeah, which that's obviously not, not true. Um, I mean, there are racist people. I think people, nobody denies that. But the fact that everything is racist is a problem and it it doesn't serve to uh actually 
make <laughs> communities like each other if everybody's accused of being racist all the time, even when they're not. I mean, no, nobody's mad when an actual racist is called out for being racist. But everybody gets mad right. when somebody's called out then, for being racist when they're not. I mean, Robin DiAngelo in White Fragility, it's something I, that was interesting was that, so she had did a, she'd done a workshop. She'd done a workshop. Well, she did a workshop on, um, like, diversity for, for a group of people and basically, you know, said all white people are racist or whatever. And she got a lot of pushback. And so... And and that's where that term white fragility actually came from, was from pushback. So it was like, rather than engaging the pushback in an honest way, she was like, well, uh, white fragility, you know, it's hard for white people to talk about race, they get defensive, and it's because they're fragile. And so because you end they're up fragile. with one of the most circular <laughs> kind of arguments, it's like, you're racist. They push back. No, we're not. And then she says, well, uh, you're only saying that because you're racist. And it's like, what? What? Huh? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I, I've heard it. There's somebody, I can't remember who said when I watched a video or, or listened to a podcast on this about that they've almost replaced yeah, racism. Yeah, literally. That's what with they the do. idea of original sin, and that that so that that means the, the the only thing that you can the only evil in our current world is racism or or um, general yeah bigotry and and that just is not true uh, and. Uh, it's it's a horrendous mess that we've got ourselves into because we tore out the foundations of our Christian society and replaced it with a uh, worldly philosophy. And uh, because it's a worldly philosophy, it is inadequate to explain the truth. Yeah. Um, our yeah, they, okay. Uh, some of the audience has said that they they say that Christianity itself is white, uh, which is just false, false, and also um, racist and just ignorant. Uh, some of the oldest Christians in the world. I'm not saying the audience members said that that's what they say, which is is true. That's is what they say. The audience member doesn't believe this. Were middle, they, were, they, they were Middle Eastern, yeah. and there's. Millions of Christians in Ethiopia, and there's Christians in India, and uh, a lot of Christians in South America, and a huge amount of Christians in Southern Africa. Uh, thankfully, there's a huge amount of recent Christian converts in South Amer and South Africa, South Southern Africa, not South Africa, the country, but there too. But um, so. Probably, it might even be the case that Probably the majority not. of Christians are not even white. So, yeah, I mean, a bit. So it, it's just that stupid. Have That's a stupid thing, but they do say that that uh, that Christian society is racist, which is just foolishness. 
Yeah. Yeah, Noah. What do you What do you got to say, Noah? Me, I was just thinking how sad it was that we even had to think about it. Like, oh, the majority of, you know, mm. Christians are not even white, most likely. So, like, what, what the heck does that matter? Well, you they, know what I mean? Well, they hate God. R- That's right. Why, that, yeah. Well, yeah, and it's like I I was laughing because like, Robin I D'Angelo was looking up yeah. Robin. What? Yeah. Robin D'Angelo. I know. Is that who it is? Yeah, I looked. She's a white woman. Like she's a white lady. She's also like yeah. like what one the of the your most like go arrogant I don't, people. I don't know. It's just I've ever seen speak. Like just the way she talks is like very condescending. Yeah. yeah so I can imagine. So would you say that she has uh, the blessing of knowledge without yeah. the blessing of intellect? But the the issue is like like the way that she speaks if you if you just like are not looking into it it sounds good because she uses big terms that's literally all she's got is big words right she's definitely got a lot of phds but none of them were in common sense (laughs) she knows things but she's stupid yeah i mean that's that's the problem. It's, it, it, you, if you don't have, if knowledge is not guided by wisdom, then you end up with ludicrous theories that don't even have any foundation because wisdom is only gained by humility and pride destroys humility. Uh, so you no longer know your place. And if you don't know your place, which your place is uh, in submission to God, then you end up thinking you know more than uh, know so many things that aren't true. It's not (laughs) to paraphrase a quote from uh, Ronald Reagan. It's not, uh, it's not that they uh, Mm -hmm. don't know anything. It's that they know so much that isn't true. And so there's a couple, there's like various popular terms that you'll hear a lot of from particularly uh, critical race theory, but not like, the the problem is that these are things that are universally good good things except that the definitions have been changed in into this kind of critical theory framework that makes them completely not great um so like diversity for instance you'll hear that all the time and it's like well, well I don't think diversity is inherently good I think it it has some right, but positive like qualities, but the, the way that they good. um well, in terms of like having like every every tribe tongue nation in heaven, for instance, that's a form of diversity that is good and biblical, and we should want that um right, and so in that sense again yeah, I, th- I think yeah that that's fine <laughs> the reasonable person definition of diversity is a good thing. The problem is that um, the way critical theory would have you have diversity is um, basically you've got diversity in skin color only and they all have to be critical theor- critical race theorists. And so you have to have well, I, I, I would support that in the inverse. 
diversity in uh, in tongue and nation, but all founded, right. uh, all uh, grounded in Christ. So I think this is just yeah. I think this is just evidence that it's a that's a cult. Yeah, it's a religion. It's a religion. Yeah, which is probably the best way to describe it. It's a secular religion because when you throw out God, you end up with right. Yep. Lunacy. So that that's pretty much critical race theory, in right. a nutshell. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Bunch of psychopaths. Yeah. No. Yeah, it ain't good. Yeah, it's a legit. It's a term. Is that a term? What do you? What do you yeah, mean? Yeah, it's a term. What's the term? Basically, that? it's difficult. It for just people means to talk that white people are fragile. fragile. Huh. Okay. And <laughs> keep in mind that that term was literally born out of right. Uh, I think a a lack of actually engaging with disagreement, and so she literally came up with that term because people disagreed with her when she called them all racists. What you, of white fragility? What's the definition? Ben's got it. Yeah, Ben's Ben's got it pulled up here. Uh, discomfort and defensiveness on part of of a white person when being confronted by information yeah, about so racial that's, inequality that's literally a and injustice. Argument. Like, if you, if if you have like <laughs> well, yeah. somebody accused of racism. And maybe they're n- genuinely not a racist, and so they defend themselves, and they're like, okay, where? Like, I'm not racist. Uh, prove it, or whatever, right? First of all, in their, like, in their worldview... Right, but the, you, like, even... The, even the yeah, idea of, of Sorry, proving... Bad. The idea of evidence and proving things is an application of power, one. Two, um, according to white fragility... They might they might be right about that. Not in the sense that they There's not truth. in the sense that they mean it because they would take uh, the that ultimate to mean truth we is can't God actually know Christ. Because that's inherently oppressive because it's an application right, of power. Right, because they're all power is inherently oppressive against people with less power in their worldview. Again, this is like you ha- the the problem because they're a cult. So they, they don't, don't believe, believe in absolute anything truth. Anything is true. Like, there's nothing so, true. You know, like y- you pair that okay. with a discussion on racism and you end up with a dumpster fire, basically. <laughs> that just backfires on them, though, because right. whatever they say, we can just say, well, that's not true for me. Right. right? So, so, whatever. And this could backfire on them because if you push people too much around and try, I mean, what do they think they're going to accomplish? If you end up telling a whole generation of white people and you remove God and the consequences of moral actions and the foundations, and then what's to stop somebody when these young white people are told all their life that uh, they have all the power, what's to stop them from actually abusing the power? Nothing, because th- there's nothing they can do to redeem themselves. So it's it could backfire, and it will if we don't actually teach the truth, if we only teach this false illusion that nothing is true, it's going to end up being that if nothing is true but power, the people that have the power are going to use it, and then bad things will happen. Because 
that's it's just simply not true that there's nothing that's that it's not true that nothing How do you know is that's true. true? Um, and it is absolute truth. Like there is, yeah, yeah. So it's and it, it could backfire on them because we're if you erode the foundations of why people believe racism is even bad to begin with, then you're gonna end you're gonna end up creating a horrendous generation of people who seek truth through power and it's going to destroy our nation. And this is why I think those who even don't even fully understand critical race theory know it's wrong and why they fight against it. And the people who have the benefit of knowledge may be for it, but they have removed their foundations and now have destroyed uh, their entire philosophy. In the entire field of philosophy. Sorry, I went on a rant. Podcast is a rant, basically. For being yeah. honest, <laughs> it's just a rambling. It's a rambling. <laughs> yeah, true, true. The, you were saying that like it would create a generation seeking absolute, like seeking power because it's the only truth. It's like, well, their only defense against it is like you shouldn't because it's bad. Okay. Right, but why? Cool. But right. why? No, but that's my right. It's like this is the problem when you remove the foundations of our society, and we've done this. Yeah. It. I think the problem is even deeper than critical race theory. I think people are waking up because it's critical theory in general is just stupidity, and the idea that all thing the only way to view history is through criticism is just a a foolish way to look at history. And it's also not true. And it also means that the foundations must all be criticized. And it's not like things are... Some things are just beyond criticism. But the fact that if you base your entire philosophy on creating the future... um, Let's see here. uh, To prefigure the future, but what we find in the new world uh, but we want to find a new world through the criticism of the old and if you base your entire society on criticism it's going to criticize itself into destruction you have to have fundamental things that do not change in a society and we used to have that but then the Frankfurt School which was Marx before the French Revolution was taken over by people who denied the very truth of the fabric of reality, and it led to the French Revolution. And then there was a backlash on the French Revolution, and the Napoleonic era happened, and they went and attacked the entirety of Europe. Then (laughs) it went back to the Frankfurt School, and this started when they took they made they took philosophy out of the understanding of god and made it to the understanding of the world and humanity it made it made humanism the focus rather than theology the focus and when you take theology out of the focus of the university you end up the university as in any higher education or any basic education you end up 
with no foundation. And the no foundation ends up with all these ludicrous theories that are just circular because you can only have circular found you can only have circular things if there's no foundation. And uh, this is why I don't think atheists should be able to teach in colleges. <laughs> that wasn't the topic, Jake. <laughs> Uh, but it's the fact it's, it's how it's how criticism how critical theory yeah started because atheists took over the colleges in France okay and they literally killed their clergy and everybody who had in leaders and just chopped people's heads off uh. through the French Revolution why because they threw away the foundations of their of their uh, society. Because they threw away God. Yep. They made hell on earth. Yep. You know, I was thinking, like, I could almost, almost get behind an idea of critical race theory if it was just a little bit more like it's just so extreme and so harsh, you know what I mean? So, like, I could get that maybe there were some things that we could do. Like, I'm a white guy from Maine. Like, I don't have a whole lot of culture experience with other, you know, like, I don't know. If you threw me down in Mexico, I'd probably do some subliminal raceful, ra- uh, subliminal, I can't say that word, subliminally racist things without even, like, really thinking about it or knowing it. You know what I mean? Just because that's how people are and, like, what you were saying. Yeah, it's because you're racist, it's man. Ca- sure, maybe. <laughs> like, but that's part of sit. not... No, but I don't, like... I'm not racist. Like, racist, racist, but... No, it, I think it, that if anybody... You know what I mean? If you don't understand somebody else's culture, does it mean make you racist? No. It's just... Yeah, you're just not exposed or used to it or whatever. You know what I mean? So I could almost get behind the idea... And I think it should go for. I think it would go for both sides, you know, because like if you threw a guy from who's like raised in South America his whole life and threw him in Maine, it would be a, probably a culture shock for mm-hmm. him, and he'd probably be like, "Well, it's all the white people running around," you know. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. If 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 I'm I mean, I I think what you're trying, what you're saying is that that there is an element of racial like. I wouldn't say animus, but like uh, leeriness that could happen. Yeah, and For that's culture, so. but that's also cultural leeriness. Right. But it's also if the problem is when you mix the two things together, critical theory and the problem is they racist theory. The problem is they kind of racism yeah. take an idea that almost you know sounds reasonable, like it could have some truth, and then they just like. Put, put they put they put a jet jet a jet engine on it Take and it send to it like to the moon, level. right? And and there's no coming back from that. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. yeah. Because it's not bound by reality. Because they threw away the yeah. the only reason why racism is bad, and that's because we're and creating also, an Noah, image of God. Going back to your point about like someone visiting Maine and being in the same situation, critical race theory doesn't believe that reverse racism exists so it's like you yeah they, they literally that's call the thing. it it's like reverse I, I could almost get behind it except that it doesn't go both ways you know what I mean like there's gotta be it's, it's not like I don't know it not is one sided that's the thing thinking like, 
it's just it's too much it's too extreme well it is yeah that's the issue i guess yeah um i i would implore people to look up the progressives of the early 20th century early 1900s the progressives of that era were excruciatingly racist they believed that race was based on i mean uh, that all things were based on race that like black people were incapable of intelligent thought like just read some of the things that these people said and that was progressivism and it's just it it's just extrapolated to the point where the same ludicrous falsehoods are just cast in the other direction it's a pendulum swing right gone from the but extreme per, the, the the this my conjecture is that that uh um that progressives are just always wrong <laughs> <laughs> they were wrong when they when they said that your skull the form of your skull d- could determine how you would your life would be and that you would either be mentally incapable or your racial background determines uh how smart you're going to be or whether or not you uh are going to be lazy or not. All these things were wrong then, and they're wrong now. And the modern progressives are also wrong, and always are wrong. And uh, I think it's because I just fundamentally disagree with progressivism. But uh, that's a separate issue, perhaps, for another day. Another topic, sounds like. So, uh, Noah, are you going to take the lead on the next one? or I don't know. What do you, what do you want to talk about? It's pretty much the know. theme for this podcast. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We want. I don't know. We want to talk a little. Um, sure. You just have to come up with a topic and let us know, so we can do a little bit of research, so we can look into. All right. It'll be a surprise what? for the audience. And us. A surprise. They're always surprise, a surprise for the surprise, audience. Surprise. And us, and usually a not a good surprise. <sighs> yeah. Um. Yeah, we're about timed out. We're we about well, I think timed we're doing out. Good on time, aren't we? I'm looking over here. Alright. Get us the heck out of here, Jake. What? What? Are we good? I don't know. You're welcome. Thanks, Hudson. Um I hopefully that appeases get our critics. Um Oh, do we have uh, any uh, critics? Huh? Yeah. Do critics? we have any hate mail? Hudson, do we have any mail period? Oh, cool. Okay, we gotta stretch it out a little bit. Oh uh, yeah. Right? Producer? Yeah. Maybe we can get some mail. No, out. no, no. Make no. It, do so have Hudson read I'm we not do? There yet. Oh, <laughs> we just have kind of spam garbage. I wish they'd hate on us. Uh, it means a message from Google and a message from mean? YouTube. Yeah, terms of service oh. have been updated. What do they say? It's like big deal. I don't care. Okay, well it's the YouTube one. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> So yeah, what you're saying is Google and YouTube already hate us. In terms of service, I think the fine print read That's something a good sign. like... That's just because they want us on their platform. No, That's why. Stop it. YouTube. Nope. All right, so we don't have any hate mail. Send us your hate may mail. May or may not people. get ignored, but... It's fun. You know. We know you hate us. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I guess. Thanks, Hudson. Um... We'll see you guys uh, when we we see you. By see, I mean uh, speak. Uh, Grace and peace be upon you. Have a good one.